Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hey, good morning and welcome to the Women and Manufacturing Podcast. My name is Fran Brunel. I am the president of Accelerated Manufacturing Brokers, Inc., a company that specializes in mergers and acquisitions only within the manufacturing sectors and working nationally. And I am your host for today's show. So today, we're very excited to welcome to the show Megan Zimba. Megan is a brand storyteller and marketer for manufacturers with a BA and MA in professional and technical writing from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. She has been writing for manufacturing since 2008 and hosts a live video broadcast series called Mavens of Manufacturing. The series focuses on women in this sector, and its mission is to attract younger generations to join manufacturing or engineering career paths. Boy, is that needed. And also to help close the skills gap. Megan is a proud wife of a police officer and mother of three. She enjoys cooking, CrossFit, and a great cup of coffee or glass of whiskey. My kind of chick. <laughs> Megan, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you so much. How are you doing, Francine? Real good. Very good. Thanks. So introduce our listening audience to Mavens of Manufacturing. Tell us why you started this and what you hope to accomplish with it. Yeah, so I actually started my freelance business before starting Mavens of Manufacturing. I went to my husband and this was right before the pandemic hit. And I was like, I really miss working for a variety of different people and sharing their stories. And I want to be able to connect with a variety of different people and share their stories. So do you mind if I start Z Inc. Solutions? And he's like, nope, 100% fully support it. Well, then he ended up getting laid off from his position. So I needed to get back into the workforce and was hired on by a photochemical etching company. And it was right when the pandemic hit. So I was actually a pandemic hire and started working remotely out of the office right, at, right away because that's the only option we had. During that time, I was juggling back and forth this concept of mavens and manufacturing. And I had a conversation with one of my friends. I explained the concept to him and I was like, you know, we have the skills gap going on. There's also this gender gap. Women are only representing around 20 to 30% in the manufacturing sector and the engineering sector. And from my time being a trade publication editor back when I first started my career, I met a lot of amazing women who were already in the sector, but as I was looking on LinkedIn and more and more people are having these podcast conversations and these live broadcast conversations, it was really the same group of guys over and over again. And the topics that they were discussing, I knew women that could have an opinion on the topics they were discussing. So I told them, I was like, I want to start Mavens of Manufacturing to provide a platform for women who are in the sector already in hopes of inspiring the next generation, specifically the next generation of women to join the sector and see all of the great things that we were doing. So I didn't have anything prepared and I was really nervous about starting it, but my friend was like, no, just go on LinkedIn, make an announcement, see what happens. And when I made the announcement, I actually booked out shows until April of the following year. So wow. 
Yeah. And it was just sort of a concept that I wanted to do for fun and share the stories from a woman's perspective, because I knew a lot of women already in the sector, but I want, I wasn't seeing them being featured in some of these major conversations that were happening. So I decided I'm going to take care of that. I'm going to provide a platform and yeah, it just grew unexpectedly and it's turned into something more than I could ever imagine. And I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. So I'm really excited about it. Before we dive into that a little bit deeper, I want to ask you, so you've got some serious educational backgrounds in writing, but how did you land in writing for manufacturers? Completely by accident. So I'm one of those stories that's pretty common with women in engineering and manufacturing. When I went to high school, I wasn't really good at math or science. I know there are women out there who excel in math and science. I was not one of those. I always tested well in English. I always liked storytelling. I always liked writing words and getting people to imagine through words. I was a huge book nerd. I liked reading books. I wasn't really excited though, when I was always told, well, you're going to be an English teacher or a college professor, or you're going to go into some sort of marketing. I I didn't know what any of that meant. So when I was done with high school, I was pressured to go to college by my parents, almost flunked out twice because I couldn't figure out what I wanted. And I was more interested in going to parties and hanging out with friends. And then at 19, I got pregnant with my daughter and I was like, I really need to shape up and be able to provide for her and be that role model for her. I moved back to Wisconsin. I finished school. I looked at all of the jobs for writing, all of them requiring some sort of master's degree. So that's why I went back to graduate school. When I got accepted to graduate school, I actually was offered a job working at a trade publication. When I was doing the interviewing process, they asked me what my engineering experience was. And I was like, I'm not an engineer. I'm a technical writer. I only know how to write about technical information. And they're like, okay, that should be good enough. And I had no clue what I was getting into, but I started writing out their product releases. So I had to make sure that all the information was consistent, that the labeling was consistent, abbreviations were consistent, formatting was consistent, and that we were focusing on a specific format so that when people read our publication, they weren't getting confused with different spellings or abbreviations and capitalization because all of that stuff matters when you're reading, believe it or not. If you have inconsistencies with how your formatting is, it can really affect how a person interprets that information and retains it. So once I got really good at that, they allowed me to do a couple of press releases and then they allowed me to start interviewing some of their main advertisers. And I just immediately got fascinated with how products are designed and developed. So from napkin concepts all the way to design, to manufacturing and distribution, that whole process just fascinated me. And I was hooked. I worked for the trade publication for around seven years. And then I wanted to see if maybe there was something else out there for me. So I went into the higher education industry, completely got bored out of my mind and really missed engineering and manufacturing. So I decided to go back and I've worked for a variety of different companies. I worked for a 3D additive manufacturing company. I worked for a bearing company and I also worked for a CNC machining company. And my most recent endeavor was with a photochemical etching company. And it's the same thing all around with industrial manufacturers. They're really good at the products that they create and the services that they provide. But when it's trying to connect with their community or potential customers, 
they struggle a little bit on making those human connections. So that's where I come in. I take that technical information. I find the story behind it. I get the passion involved in the writing and I'm able to connect the companies to potential customers, to potential mm-hmm. brand loyalists, to, to the community. And I make what they do exciting so that they have the support, not just from potential customers, but also their community as well, too. And that helps build the strong manufacturing base that we need for economic. I stability. love it. I love it. Yeah. We have some some commonality here. So I love that you are you are taking the story of a manufacturer. They're great at what they do, but they don't know how to really tell the story to the public to both attract workers and attract buyers of their products and new mm-hmm. customers. And that's what you are doing. And it's funny because the fact that they don't know how to tell their story is why I have a business. Yeah. Right. I need to, I need to tell their story of why they're special to attract an appropriate buyer when they're ready to retire. So we've got a yeah. little bit in common there. So I want to circle back to, you know, you you talk about attracting people into the industry, particularly young women. You and I have spoken before and you told a story of what happens at a at a high school event that you were, I think it was last October. Was it a manufacturing day event? It was not organized that way, which I probably should have organized it that way. So that was a missed opportunity on my part. I was more interested in connecting with the students at the high school that I graduated from. So LinkedIn, there's a lot of conversation surrounding, I've heard it called the skills gap or the training gap. There's different terms for it. The fact of the matter is, is that we're, we're losing workforce. We're losing it. And we're not filling those opportunities quick enough. And I wanted to dig deeper as to why the next generation might not be interested in some of the manufacturing and engineering opportunities that are available. And I was going off of the conversation conversations I was listening to that my daughter was having with some of her friends. They're all going to college and they're all pursuing careers that are not engineering or manufacturing. And I wanted to know why, because I think some of the things that we're doing in the sector are really exciting. They're really advanced and they're focusing on the future and making our lives easier. And some of them involve going out to to Mars and building buildings on Mars and crazy concepts like that, that we thought would only exist in the movies and they're actually happening. So I created this event back in October to connect students with people in the sector that they might not have heard of or knew even existed. So the virtual technology that we have today allowed me to do that. I was able to get people from Florida, people from Tennessee, people from Texas. I had someone from the Pentagon come in and do a virtual presentation. So they were able to see different people from around the United States in different disciplines of manufacturing and engineering and take that information and connect it to what they were learning in the classes at their Votech program in that high school. And one of the most memorable moments for me was a gentleman by the name of Aaron Prathner. He works with FedEx and he does a lot with robotics and automation. And he showed this robotic that they use at FedEx and they were able to program a PlayStation controller to control the robot. And what a great way to connect with 
with high yeah. school students because I'm sure a lot of them have a PlayStation gaming console. So it was really cool to see some of the kids who were slouching in their chairs, disinterested, perk up and lean forward and be engaged with that because that was something they connected to with at home. And that's my whole purpose with Mavens of Manufacturing. I want to get kids to perk up. I want them to connect with the information that they're receiving in high school because I feel like there is a disconnect and it's not by any fault of anyone. I think it's just, you know, we fell kind of behind. High school counselors don't really know how to talk about some of these advanced opportunities that are coming up in engineering and manufacturing. So we as manufacturers need to be proactive and get in front of not just the students, but also the the counselors, the teachers, and keep educating each other so that we can keep up with the pace of, of the sector. So I think it's really important to make those connections and be involved as much as possible, because if you don't get involved with your community, they're not going to understand what you're making and they're not going to want to support it, which is going to make it crumble. I think you hit the nail on the head of the number one, what I, in my opinion, is the number one problem of why we have a skills gap. And that is the high school career counselors are pushing people in a different way. And they're not highlighting all of the possibilities within manufacturing, partly because they don't know. They just don't know what exists. They're thinking of, you know, a dirty old factory and and they have no idea what modern manufacturing looks like. And quite frankly, that's partly the fault of the manufacturing community. We need Mm -hmm. to go out and educate. And you think about there's, you know, people say, you know, moving kids into manufacturing, like, oh my gosh, they need a college degree. And they, but there's the full gamut. You can go to college, you can get an engineering degree or not. If you're someone that is not, you don't want to go to college. And either way, you can have an amazing career and an amazing life in manufacturing. Yeah, right? there was a there was a meme going around on social media that I saw on a couple different channels, uh, Facebook and LinkedIn. I was actually really surprised to see it on LinkedIn and it performed really well. But it, it, it was sort of explaining like we need to stop connecting trade career opportunities to this negative stigma of them not being as successful or it means you're not of some sort of high intellect, or it doesn't mean that you're less of a person if you go into a career pathway that's trade skills. And I think that meme really hit the nail on the head with that whole concept. And college isn't for everyone. And it seems like it's being presented still to this day as the only option. And I think we need to switch that. And there's a lot of great people in the sector right now who are trying to switch that mentality and explain to kids, like, it's okay if you don't go to college, if you want to push it off and wait until you're 30 or 40 years old, you can do that. Like college is always going to be around. And if it's not the right moment for you now, that doesn't mean it's not going to be the right moment for you somewhere down the line. But if you want to learn and earn as you go, and you want to learn a really good skill that can actually cross over other disciplines and other areas, manufacturing and engineering is a great place to start because there's problem solving, there's critical thinking, there's collaboration, there's design, there's production. It's so many different. There's writing, writing, there's marketing, 
which is yeah. such an incredible need within the manufacturing communities, right? Yeah. And that, that's the thing. Like I fell into technical writing by accident when I started school at uh, Milwaukee they had different tracks. And I was talking to a classmate of mine and I'm like, well, what track are you in? And she's like, I'm in the technical one. And I was like, well, what does that mean? And she goes, I'm not a creative writer. She's like, I I don't have imagination at all. And technical writing seems to be the area where I'll make more money. And she was a single mom, like I was at the time. And I was like, well, that makes sense. So I'll try that out. And thank the Lord. I had a really good college professor he developed this project for us where we had to create an instruction list of how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And there was like 12 (laughs) to 15 students in the class. He went through each instruction list for one class period. And it was amazing to see the 12 to 15 different end results that happen. And it's because all of us interpreted information differently. And then he interpreted it differently himself by reading each instruction list. So it was interesting to see how information isn't the same to everyone. And that's what professional and technical writing is. It helps find those commonalities and make it comprehensible at a higher level than at at different levels. So I fell into it by accident. I did it on a whim and I happened to just find a, a place where it stuck, luckily, but that's not the case for everyone. Some people really struggle. And I think for us in this sector, if we really want kids to pursue a career pathway and learn more about it, we also need to help the teachers and the student counselors. And we also need to help the parents and the community understand what manufacturing is today. Yeah, it still has the dirty and dark, dangerous stuff, but it's more than that now. And it's going to continue to grow in advance. Yeah. So going back to this event that you did, you told me there was, I think, about 30 kids that participated in it. Yeah. How many were girls? Four. (laughs) Only four. (laughs) Only four. And I think all together in their Tech program, they had six. So two didn't show up. But I think it's because it was around the time they were testing. So a lot of the students were coming in and out because they had other tests and final projects to do to wrap up their Mm -hmm. semester. But I was still impressed that 30 students were consistent throughout the whole presentation. And they all initially were shy to ask questions. But once they saw that the presenters cared about what they thought, they started asking questions on their own. And then they they actually uh, confronted the keynote that I brought in. His name is Andrew Crow. He came in and uh, shared his story. They actually went up to him, shook his hand, gave him a hug, exchanged email information. And some of them are even looking into the technical college that he teaches in St. Louis. They're looking at that as an opportunity. So it was refreshing to see like students, the next generation cares, like they do care, but you, we have to show interest in them. We have to show that, yeah, we care about you too. And we want to help you along this pathway, because if we don't show that we care and we're not proactive, they're not going to care either. They're going to try to figure it out on their own. So it's a really a high pressure situation, I think, for us as adults. Maybe I'm misspeaking for most adults, but for me, I was the most nervous talking to these high school students than I've ever (laughs) been talking to an adult. 
And it's because I didn't want to let them down. Like I was like, oh, I don't want to let these kids down. And it really matters what I say because it's going to inspire them or not inspire them. And it, it could mess up. Like I was They're tough critics. Yeah. They're tough critics. Yep. So yeah. That's, I was just, that's I was, interesting. I was, I was really happy to see them excited about it and ask questions. And the interesting part too, is none of them knew what IMTS is that the big trade show that happens. No kidding. None of them knew what IMTS was. And I explained it to them and I'm working now with the Votech program leader, trying to get a bus funded so that they can actually come to the show this year. So they, they want to go, they want to see all the technology and meet all the companies. So that's, that's what I'm working on right now. Just a suggestion, go to manufacturers in the community to, to raise funds to get your yep. bus paid for, and I'll contribute to it. Seriously. Oh, thank you. You, know, you think about it. many manufacturers, they want to do something to help with the skills gap, but they don't know what to do. And if you put mm-hmm. something very practical in front of them and say, hey, here's how you can help. That makes perfect sense to me. Having, you know, yeah. you know, whoever's listening from all over the country, class trip. Seriously, yeah. how Field better trip. to get people excited about manufacturing than going to that event and seeing the robotics and the new machine yeah. tools and all that they can do. Holy crap, that's a great idea. Yeah. And the they say that on the podcast. Holy crap. I think I, think, I just did. I think it's, it's your podcast. You can say whatever you want. But no, I, I've, the manufacturers know me pretty well in my community because I've been knocking on their door nonstop. And that was a conversation that I had in a, a previous interview. Her name is Allison Giddens, and she's a owner of WinTech in Georgia. They're an aerospace company. And she was like, you know, we need to adjust our business strategy where we're not investing so much into a marketing strategy that's just for our leads and potential customers, but also a marketing strategy that, you know, hits our community outreach. So invest some of that budget to marketing to your community and the students in the next generation workforce. And she's like, I think if we start thinking that way, we'll see better results as we move forward. There's a lot of um, competitions out there. There's welding competitions. There's robotics competitions. Robotics, yeah. Everybody everybody knows who first is. Seriously, think about volunteering your time there, judging those competitions or even funding a team. So I'm currently doing research on how to develop a FIRST robotics team. I'm going to connect FIRST personally, and I'm trying to get a team set up in my own home community because they do not have a FIRST robotics team. So I'm working with the high school, and I'm working with the teacher, and I'm going to connect with FIRST, and I'm going to get a FIRST robotics team set up there because it's such a great experience. As you get that going, I want to do a blog article about it and share it on my (laughs) network. So we have to stay connected. Yeah. (laughs) The other thing I would say too, you know, you had talked about only four girls participating and, you know, one of the things I would say to manufacturers is you could close the skills gap a lot quicker if you're actually including girls in the process and not just having your efforts attract the young men. So, you know, manufacturers should think about as, as you're doing manufacturing day tours Make mm-hmm. sure the women in the organization are available to speak to the young people coming in. 
And don't just that, show the manufacturing side, show the other functions within the manufacturing organization to show people how they can have a wonderful career in manufacturing. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because um, initially the, the event was supposed to be an in-person plant tour with some of the main manufacturers within my community. But because of COVID, a lot of, of the facilities didn't want to bring students in and risk getting any of them sick. So I had to adjust it and do a virtual event. And I just reached out to anybody within my network. And of course, mostly guys responded and said, yeah, I would love to help you out. I would love to create this presentation. And when I got to the high school and I was setting up for the event, the four girls approached me as a group and they said, do you have any women presenters? And I said, actually, yes. One of the the presenters, his name is Tim Wilborn. He owns TW Controls. He brought his wife and one of his female employees onto the presentation with him. Fabulous. I didn't know he was doing that until the day before. He's like, do you care if I have Amber? And I'm like, no, please bring some women. I, I, I need women on this presentation. So I, I was able to tell these four girls, yes, there's women coming on. It's not until much later. And they're like, okay, we'll be back. We have to go take this test. They didn't want to miss that presentation that involved the women. And they actually asked questions relatable to them of, hey, how does it feel like being in a male-dominated industry? Is this something I should keep pursuing or should I go somewhere else because there's not a lot of women? So I was super grateful that they were able to come in last minute. And for anybody who's in manufacturing, if you think that doesn't matter, that proves that it matters. Girls want to see themselves in the sector. And so if you have any women working for you, make sure you involve them in some of these community outreach efforts because it's going to make a difference. Absolutely. You're, you are a delight. I'm so glad you came on the show. We are so out of time. So, and I could talk to you all day long. So tell our listeners if they want to learn more about Maidens of Manufacturing or about your writing services, how do they reach out to you? So the quickest way to get a hold of me is on LinkedIn. Please connect or send me a message. I, I love connecting. I'm actually trying to expand my reach more too. And I'd love to learn more about my connections as well. Otherwise, you can go to mavensofmanufacturing.com for all of my Mavens work. My company for freelance writing is zinksolutions.com. So you, it's z-inksolutions.com. I had a little wordplay on the ink part. <laughs> because I'm a writer. So otherwise you can find my contact information on LinkedIn as well too. So please reach out. Fabulous. Thanks for being with us. And thank you for your enthusiasm for manufacturing. It's such a delight to see. Thank Um, you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, so if you're a woman in manufacturing or in an industry that's servicing the manufacturing sectors, and you'd like to be on this show, please reach out to me, Francis Brunel on LinkedIn, or just call my office, 908-387-1000. I would also like to encourage our listeners to visit whampodcast.com, where you can see all of our shows and other shows brought to you by the Jacket Media Company. Thanks for being with us today and have a great day, everybody. Thank you for joining the WAM podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.